a podcast shedding light on how healing is an inside job. Keys to your inner power and total transformation. Discussing wholeness, wellness, and the effects of the mind on the physical and energetic parts of our being. Sacred knowledge that inspires us to look within, to find our own unique path. Release and rewire to become what you truly are, strong, whole, and empowered. Welcome to the Empowered Mind, Empowered Health podcast. For the conscious game changers, just like, share, and subscribe. Just be the wave. Today we have Jennifer Lococo. Jennifer is a naturopathic doctor who graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in 2012. Dr. Lococo has a special desire to find the root cause of disease and has certification in IV therapy mesotherapy, bioidentical hormones, and adjuvant cancer care. Welcome, Dr. Lococo. Thank you, Jane. It's Dr. Lococo. It's just easier to say that, but I know it's a hard, tricky with all the O's and the C's. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful name, though. So, Jennifer, we're going to talk about how it's important to unlearn what you've learned. Take it away. Okay, so... I think that this is a huge topic for this year in particular. Um, of course, at any other time in our, in our experience on this earth, but I, this year much in particular. And I want to talk about it on a few different realms, but I think at first we'll just delve into, since we are both naturopathic doctors, the relevance in terms of medicine. And my personal story in regards to this is that when I was in my later years of high school, I got very sick. I had lots of exposure to parasites and had lots of car accidents. And, you know, I didn't know anything about medicine. And I was concentrating in mathematics and I was um, going to school for business. And my mom said to me once, she's like, why don't you take your biology at least in high school? And I was like, Ma, I'm like, I'm never going to do anything in health. Like, I don't care about that. It's, I'm not interested in that. I'm going to do math and then take it to the business level. She's like, okay. And when I got sick and I had to start going to the doctor all the time and seeing all these conventional doctors. And then from there I was getting referred to all the specialists and endocrinologists and gastroenterologists. And, you know, the list just kind of went on and I didn't know anything about health and nor did anyone really in my family. Um, We just kind of grew up where, you know, you only go to the doctor as a last resort and like funny story, side story, but Um, when I was like seven or something, I broke my finger and I kept on telling my mom, like my finger's broken. Like you need to take me to the doctor. And she was just like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Literally like two weeks went by. And I was like, my finger's still broken. Can you bring me to the doctor? Like, so then like, we just, you know, it was very much a last resort, but we also didn't have like alternative knowledge or know that anything else existed. So I got brought to the conventional doctors. They recommended surgeries and medications and 
I was young and my mom also didn't really have any other knowledge. So we just did whatever the doctor said. Pretty much if the doctor was like, Jen, jump like 10 feet, 12 times a day, I would just like focus on doing that. Like, I don't, I assume that they know everything about health. And because of all the surgeries and the medications that they put me on, my health just started to rapidly deteriorate and got to the point where I was pretty much like in bed all day and you know, then it led to insomnia, then it led to depression, then it led to like self, like self-induced isolation because I just didn't feel like I could connect with my friends and et cetera, et cetera. Because you kind of like get like embarrassed. Well, from myself, it's like, you get embarrassed. You're like, I don't want to explain to people I'm not feeling well. So I'm just going to like remove myself. And so one day I was just like, honestly, I can't accept that this is where my life's going to leave lead to. I'm like, I'm just not accepting it. So I just started to research and find a solution. I didn't know alternative medicine even existed. Like when I say I didn't know alternative medicine existed, I mean like I didn't even know what a chiropractor was, like basic stuff, very, very ignorant. So that led me on this whole journey of like I sought out anyone under the sun from like color therapy to Reiki to homeopathy to um, alternative forms of energy medicine, just started seeking out all these different alternative healthcare practitioners because I was committed to getting better so that I could achieve what I wanted to achieve in life. So even within that story, I had to learn to unlearn what I've been taught. Or another word that's really coming up today is the word indoctrination. So we have been told since a young age, we've been shaped and we've been formed by our communities, by our culture, by our educational systems, that this is the way that things work. So it was really breaking and shattering that paradigm. And even when I was seeking out help from all these alternative practitioners, one of them being a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, acupuncturist, I remember I was so nervous, Jane, because I was like, oh my gosh, if my, one of my family members sees my car outside this practitioner's house, like they're going to make fun of me. They're going to tell me I'm a hypochondriac. Like, I, I don't know, like there was all this negative stigma that I had surrounding it because I just didn't feel that people accepted it. Right. So it was a huge, huge shift for me. And then I went from going on a journey to getting my CFA, which is um, very, I think, mainstream and very in the rat race and very much how society tells you how you have to be and what success means. So I shifted that whole thing. And I was like, honestly, for myself, I believe in God. I don't know if other people listening to this believe in the universe or believe in a greater power, but I believe that all this stuff happened to me because now if I could go back in time, I'm like, I would have chosen different because now from some of the surgeries I've had, I have lingering effects that I can't change. I have to just manage. Right. Um, so I really wanted to be an advocate for others to let them know that there are other options and to empower people to let them know that they have the freedom to choose, but you don't have the freedom to choose if you are not made aware of your options. So I really want to be an advocate for people for that. 
So I decided to go to naturopathic medicine school and I was all excited and I'm like, oh, I'm going to learn all this stuff and it's going to be a great community and everything's going to be just so wonderful and magical and rainbows and bunnies. And then I was like, no, 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 it wasn't. (laughs) So even though I thought that I was going to enter into this other realm, it was not what I thought it was going to be. And I'm sure because Jane, you graduated in what year? 2008. You graduated in 2008. So we're Just four years apart in the graduation. And would you say that even from people that you know that graduated closer to my year, would you say that there was a change in how you were taught compared to potentially how I was taught? Yeah, like I know that I had great homeopaths teaching and Dr. Godfrey who taught about something greater and... And that's, that was my passion. And like, I believe we're mind body that we're more than just physical and that healing is, is the full works. Like you have to change your mind. You have to, like you say, ask for inspiration as to how your particular path will, who you'll be led to, to learn. But I believe that we need to empower ourselves with the information. And so that's, this podcast and so your story is so important yeah so and I know that people who graduated many many years before us it was more of that um, I know some people were using the word vitalist movement or more of that nature doctor or more of that connection and I think what happened is that over time the indoctrination of scientism the cult of science really infiltrated our education and changed how we were learning things. And so the one example that I wanted to discuss today on your podcast is the terrain theory versus the germ theory. So again, never did I know what this was. It was this year. So this year kind of just led me down this path. And to me, it is like a rose garden path. Like it really is because it's just so beautiful, actually. Like you're in one on one hand, I'm confused why this information was hidden. But on the other side, I'm like, but this is so cool. I'm just so obsessed with it. And it's just the more you open up the like kind of like Pandora's box, the more you want to dig in even further and get more information and just, you know. And, it's, yeah, and once you've opened the box, you can't go back. You can't. Once you find that information and and empower yourself with it there's no going back yeah absolutely yeah you can't and even like your work that you're doing with this podcast and i've listened to some of your previous guests interviews it's really pushing to shift that paradigm and really hope like inspiring people to hopefully open up their minds and start to be a conduit for information to really transfer to them right and start attracting that Yeah. So I think that's awesome because I think that's what we need right now. Yeah. I've always loved Bruce Lipton. He really transformed how I thought about health. And he just recently, he was talking on his own interview about how we are programmed from zero to seven. And what do we, we've been, we learn the first thing we do if we get sick is to go to the doctor Mm. and give away our power to someone else. So he's talking about what you're talking about. Yeah, 
He's great. Oh my gosh. Godfrey, who you mentioned, God, oh, for those of you listening, Godfrey, God rest his soul. What an amazing human being. He was just, he was one of our teachers at school and he taught on more of the metaphysical plane and it was great. What an inspiration. And same with Bruce Lipton, just these people's minds are just fascinating and yeah, that lends to the conversation. So in germ theory, so what I discovered this year is that there were two schools of thought um, in the late 1800s, and one scientist's name was Pasteur. So Pasteur is the inventor of something called pasteurization, which we are all highly familiar with. And even that conversation in and of itself, Pasteur developing pasteurization, he changed the way that we produce food. Why? Because when people were getting milk, for example, from their farmers or from their own farm, there was potentially some cases where people were getting sick. Now, I'm not a farmer, but I'm just gonna use my guesstimation skills here and state that maybe because if the milk wasn't collected properly, if there was some fecal matter or some um, contamination there, that then it may make someone sick, of course, because you're adding in potential risk for bacteria to form or you're putting in E. coli or et cetera. So he thought that he was a genius and came up with this idea that, okay, let's just heat the substance. Let's heat the milk so that we can kill any potential bacteria and then make the substance safe for everyone's drink. And we kind of just took that and ran with it. And now that's what we have in today's society. Well, I mean, just one example that we look at is that when you heat up milk, what do we end up killing? We end up killing the natural enzyme lactase. So now we see all these people with lactose intolerance. Well, why? Because natural milk, some people genetically lack the ability to form the enzyme lactase, which breaks down the protein lactose in milk. But in the raw milk, prior to heating it up and pasteurizing it, it already contained the enzyme. So nobody would have had an issue with it. Then you go even further and you're like, oh, well now you're taking away all the immune boosting ingredients in the cow's milk that actually helped people's system, helped them stay healthy. You took that all out. So now you're taking all the immune boosting support in there and now you're also killing the enzyme. So now what are you giving people? What's the purpose of it? I don't get it. I don't understand. But again, you can mass produce it. So, and then you can say that you don't have to worry about the way that you collect your collect your sample from the cow and you can be a little bit more messy, I guess, um, and how that's done. So Pasteur believed his theory was that the microbe will cause disease. So microbes being any pathogens, bacteria, viruses, uh, parasites, that they are the cause of disease. Okay. And this is how we were taught, Jane, is in school and even in naturopath school, which I thought was going to be so different than conventional medicine, but even in naturopath school, we were taught that. We were taught Pasteur's theory. And again, very important here, it is a theory because it is not proven. So we have been indoctrinated by this germ theory who, what really is funded by the Rockefeller Foundation because the Rockefeller Foundation came out with the Flexner Report back in 1917, and they shut down all the schools for homeopaths and naturopaths and chiropractors. They shut all the schools down because why? They had the money, they had the funding, and they had 
an idea that they could make a lot of money in the pharmaceutical business. So how do you make a lot of money in the pharmaceutical business? You got to control the knowledge. If you control the knowledge and you educate the people who are going to be prescribing your medicines, well, guess what? It's a win-win game. So here they are acting like they're these huge philanthropists and going around like, oh, we're going to fund all your education and we're going to donate to your school so you can have all these beautiful facilities. But really, there's an agenda behind it. So within that, Rockefeller took that, changed our education, and built our education on germ theory model. So now I'm going to go back to the 1800s, because I know, sorry, I go off on a little bit of a tangent here, Jane, so I apologize for that. And for anyone who's listening, if I'm talking in circles, I apologize. I, tend to, I have a tendency to do that. Um, but back to the germ theory, there was another scientist at the same time called Bichamp. And Bichamp said, absolutely not. The microbe doesn't cause disease. Disease occurs by an imbalance in your terrain. So your terrain is how is everything working in your body? If things aren't working properly in your body, then you will get sick. And he said that the microbe is not the causative agent of disease. It's actually how your body's functioning. So what are the things that are going to make us sick? Exposure to heavy metals, exposure to EMFs, emotional stress, physical stress. These are the things that are going to make us sick. Poor nutrition, poor food sources. So again, if that is not working properly, which again, we look at today's society and you're like, okay, we have electronic magnetic frequencies like we've never had before, right? The electronic magnetic frequency that we're supposed to all be exposed to is something called the Schumann resonance. The Schumann resonance is the natural frequency of the earth, which is encased by the firmament, which Nikola Tesla did all of his research under. So this was a natural resonant frequency that we're all supposed to connect to because it's healing for our body. Just like if you're traveling somewhere and you get jet lag, right? Like let's just say you're going to Europe, time change. What's the best thing to do? The best thing to do is that you lie down and connect with the ground because then it resets your frequency to the Schumann resonance and then your body can reestablish itself and work better. So now we started adding in electricity because we have this whole theory as humans that we're so amazing because look how technologically advanced we are and you know we've just taken society to the next level when in fact you're actually doing the opposite just because we have created these technologies does not make us more advanced society it's actually deteriorating us as a society on many levels but just from the aspect of health you're exposing yourself to all these emfs and what happens it changes the natural frequency in the body when you change the natural frequency in the body you get risk of disease like cancer metabolic disease diabetes and what we call the common cold and flu. And this is proven in a book, beautiful book called The Invisible Rainbow. I, I highly suggest that people check that out. It kind of explains that whole entire connection. So, and that's just in regards to the EMF. Yeah, right? and blood, blood clotting, difficult breathing. Yes, yeah. And I'm gonna give that a perfect example. So even in, on the onset of this year, I, my lungs, so if you want to talk about comorbidities, and again, sorry, we're on tangents here, but um, comorbidities, my lungs, stupid me, long story, but I like was trying to clean my oven once. I had a silicone sheet that I would bake with and I left in the oven, put my oven on clean. It literally turned it into silicone powder. So what's the first thing I do? I should have just got a vacuum cleaner and vacuumed out. No, I go head first in the oven, start cleaning the oven because I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to clean my oven. My oven's a mess. And then I start inhaling all the silicone dust. 
So then I'm like, oh, this is in 2016. I'm on the phone with public health being like, um, if I, like, I can't breathe right now. So like, if I come to the hospital, what can you do for me? And they were like, uh, give you oxygen. I'm like, whatever. I have oxygen in my clinic. Okay. I just didn't know if you had some like magical cure that I never heard about. Just thought I would check. Okay. Thanks. Bye. So silicone dust in my lungs. Then what's another thing I've been exposed to. I've been exposed to deodorizer in my car. Long story. Had to get rid of a car. My mechanic didn't understand what I was trying to express to him. They sprayed deodorizer in my car, which is the MSCS sheet, which is the safety sheet. It's like toxic to small children. They oversprayed it. And then, so I have sticky stuff in my lungs. Now I'm inhaling all this toxic stuff. So then they put up 5G in Toronto. What happens? My oxygen saturation drops. Can't breathe. Low oxygen. Shocker, right? So I have a risk factor because my body's already been poisoned. And now I'm exposed to a change in electronic magnetic frequency. And now what happens? It affects me on some level. For me, I had low oxygen. So... I mean, how did I treat it? We did high dose intravenous vitamin C. That's a whole nother conversation, but that was the research coming out of Wuhan. So I was like, no problem. Did that. I dealt with it. I was able to deal with it. But the point is, is that we as humans do not understand how disease is formed. And we come up with all these ludicrous things like, oh, let's run for the cure for cancer. Newsflash people, you can't cure cancer because you don't even understand what's causing it, right? The whole premise of naturopathic medicine, Jane, is find the root cause. Yeah. How often has, do we miss the mark? Does it go over people's head about you have no idea what's causing it though? Yeah. Right? And second is do no harm. <laughs> so we can get into that. But back to, yeah. So back to, so back to Bishamp. Bishamp said the train's everything. So we know you expose yourself to, to electronic magnetic frequencies, harm we know you put heavy toxic metals in your body harm we know you expose yourself to man-made synthetic chemicals harm we know you eat genetic modified foods harm we know you consume pesticides harm the list just goes on so we've created a toxic world we've created a toxic world and everyone sits there and is like i have no idea why we're getting cancer i have no idea why we're getting sick I have no idea why we have autoimmune disease. It's like this big shock to people. It blows my mind. So Bishamp yeah. said the terrain is everything. So what happened is, is that on Pasteur's deathbed, Pasteur said, I was wrong. The microbe is nothing. Because if you expose somebody to a microbe and everything's working properly in their body, their body can withstand it and fight it and they can resume life as normal. If you take somebody who is extremely toxic and expose them to anything, they will have a reaction and it will probably most likely not be great. Yeah. So again, we didn't learn this in school, right, Jane? Like we didn't learn the terrain theory versus germ. I didn't. Did you? No. And it's so simple. Yeah. There's a really beautiful image of uh, a fish in a fishbowl yeah. and in dirty, dirty water. Yes. Are you going to infuse that fish with something toxic or are you going to clean the water? But it's so simple. And yeah, no, we, we really weren't taught that. Yeah. So 
that blew my mind this year. So what I had to do, and I'm sure the same for yourself and same for people who are, who realize this too, it's like you have to go back and say, okay, so what I was taught is indoctrination because it was fueled by scientism and scientism is because it's, there's a cult of science and people don't understand that because people always use this term, trust the science. Well, if you trust the science, you'd listen to what Pasteur said on his deathbed when he said the microbe is nothing, the terrain is everything, and our whole entire medical model would is a fallacy. It's a fallacy. Yeah. So even in naturopathic medicine school, we've also been indoctrinated because that trickled down and because we have to be mindful of where do we actually get all access to information from whether it's science whether it's historical facts which are again not true it's happening because they're the powers that be there's larger figures here at play that will dominate with the knowledge that they decide that they want us to have because we are easily controlled when we do not know any better when we say ignorant they can control us. When we are knowledgeable, then they cannot control us as well. So the problem here is that people don't realize that we're actually just being indoctrinated, being controlled. And this is something I learned this yesterday. This blew my mind. Just another like blew my mind type of thing. Okay. So I was on a call yesterday for like another like um, grassroots movement that I'm in. And the guy on the call was like, you know, you know that you guys never learn math, right? And I'm sitting there like, what? Cause like I said before, like I was big into mathematics, right? Like I always got in trouble in math class, like in grade nine, they're like, okay, Jen, you honestly, you just socialize all the time to your friends. Here's a university textbook, go in the back of the class. Like we know this is too easy for you, whatever. Mathematics was just my easy thing. You asked me to put a sentence together. It's like, I'm, I'm challenged. Okay. I can't, I can terrible at English. Even before I went on this call with you, I was having conversations with one of my friends and I'm like, great. I'm like, how many words do you think I'm going to say wrong? Cause I just like make up words. Cause I'm English is not my strong suit. So she was just laughing. Cause she was like, Oh, you're the worst. But the point is, is that he's like, you guys don't know math. And I was like, well, I'm so interested. Cause I love math. So I'm like, what? what does he mean by that? And he actually was like, you know, when you look at three squared, right? So three to the power of two, you're taught like it's three times three equals nine. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what, how what, is he gonna tell me it's a different number? I'm like, what, what's going on here? So then he drew a diagram. I should have drawn, drawn this out, but basically it's, um, if you think about a triangle shape and at the top angle of the triangle, you have the number three and then you have two, one, and then two, one. He's like, this is three squared. And I was like, oh my God. And then he was like, what happened is that there used to be these mystery schools, right? So like the Library of Alexandria and all this stuff, and they would teach esoteric knowledge. And so there is actually something called esoteric mathematics. And so you would, the reason why this shape is important is because they would actually use numbers and within a mathematical formula, which then creates our sacred geometry which then teaches us our connection with the earth and connection with the divine. And I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> it's just another, like my mind blown my again taught. We were not taught properly. 
So there's so many things that they keep hidden from us. Yeah. And to dumb down and control. Yeah. And, you know, and back to the germ theory, the fear of disease is also like very controlling for the human population. So if, if we figure out that we have the power to clean up our own terrain and choose what we're doing, then we don't buy into that fear the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. I think that, you know, the, 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 the level of spirituality that we don't, conventional medicine just kind of takes that out. Um, the cult of scientism takes out the divine and guys like for you listening and whether you want to call it God, you want to call it the universe, whatever you want to call it, there's a greater power um, than just us. There is a spiritual realm. It is very real and it is very, very, very powerful, more powerful than we've ever been led to know about. And that is where all of this comes from. Because it's, we're losing our connection with the divine. And I was, I was on a call with another, um, I was doing an Instagram live the other day and I was doing it with an herbalist. And the reason I was doing this call with the herbalist is because she, I signed up for a program with her in the, well, it was a six month program, but she has land up North and you go on and she teaches you how to forage the medicines and spend time in nature. And I was like, this is what I need so badly because I thought I was going to get this in naturopathic medicine school and I didn't. Right. So just like that connection with nature. And I was asking her, I'm like, why do you think it is that people lost the ability to know? Because we used to just go out in nature and know instinct instinctively and intuitively what plants are good for what. What do I use them for? Like one of them, like plantain or plantago, however you want to call it. If you were going hiking in the woods and you scratched yourself, you would just take that plant, put it in your mouth, chew it up, make a paste, throw it on your wounds. Like that's what you would, you would just know. We would just know these things. And now it's like, I'm like, I don't know what anything is. Like, I'm like, I'm just doing Nash pots. I'm like, I barely know what anything is. Like, I'm just like trying to learn. Cause I'm like, I know how to use it when it's already formulated, but I don't know how to go into nature and like harvest these things and connect. Like I didn't learn that. And so I was asking her, like, why do you think it is that we lost it? And she just brought up the example of like how it's been a witch hunt for so many years, right? So why is it that they're burning people at the stakes, calling them witches, persecuting people for trying to use what nature gives us? Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> so there's obviously, it's obviously far more powerful than we think it is. Yeah. Yeah, and what you call the connection to the divine, like Nassim Hiramin in Thrive 2 talks about the unified field mm. and how we all have the right and the ability to connect to this. And it's called inspiration or sudden knowing. And when we sit quietly and connect to this, we all bring forth great information. But we've been dumbed down and through this cult of scientism. Yeah. <laughs> taught not to rely on that, taught to look away, not to connect with the earth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Crazy. Yeah. So we need Crazy. to go in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like the challenge for everybody is to say, okay, what have I been taught? Who taught it? What was the agenda behind them teaching it to me? 
what was their motivation behind their agenda? And then start questioning and saying, okay, there's got to be a hidden truth here. And start accessing that because when we do that, we will raise our vibrations on such a level. We will create access to connectivity that we've never known possible before. We will literally elevate. I, I, when I was sending you about what we were going to talk about today, I was mentioning the third eye and um, a friend of a friend of me, we, a friend and I see terrible at English. Uh, a friend and I, we run a program and it's, our name is called wellness, Witches, like playing on the whole witch, witch hunt thing. And we do courses called chakra magic. And we talk about the chakra system. So that's why I, I was mentioning about the third eye because it's third eye is you're able to see past and see through the illusions. And again, here I was, and this is the thing, right? We always think that we know a lot, but especially, you know, you and I, we pay all this money, we get an education, they put the words doctor beside our name. We think that we know everything about alternative medicine because we paid the money and they gave us a title. Like, okay, we, we got it. We know everything, right? Like what else could be out there? And then as you go through life and if you're curious and curiosity is the most important thing here, like if I can pass along anything to anybody, like stay curious because you don't know anything. Like we don't know anything. Um, then you start learning that you're like, oh my gosh, I could, you can learn until the day you die and you'll never know everything. And you'll not even the tip of the iceberg. There's so much to learn. There's so, so, so much, and there's so many things that are hidden. But the important thing is that you realize that if you can see through the illusion, the illusion is there because it's trying to drive us away from humanity, and it's trying to drive us away from connection, and it's trying to lower our vibration, and it's trying to connect us more with our um, physical realm and what that means. And uh, again, guys, like I was sharing with Jane before we even went on this call because she was like, oh, just so you know, brush your hair because we're going, we're filming, right? We're doing a video. And I was like, oh, great. I'm like, I thought we were just doing audio. And I was, because Jane knows that I'm vain. I'm like, I am a vain person. I, I am. Okay. And so, but it's funny because I'm like, you know, even though I know all this stuff, I'm still, right? We're still in this human form. We're still in this human suit. Um, still having a human experience. And there's some things that I'm like, okay, like I, things I need to really work on and, and try to shift but we're still having that human experience, but while having that human experience, it's like, okay, whether it's vanity, whether it's money, whether it's our image, whether it's all these things, it's like, at the end of the day, none of that really matters because when you go into that spiritual realm, you're like, energy is always there and our soul never dies and our soul does go somewhere. And um, we have been, sorry, I'm leading so many different conversations here, Jane, but you know, we have been, we chose to come here at this time. We chose to come here at this time and we chose to learn what we're learning and we chose to be part of the efforts to shape humanity. And when people understand that, because the biggest issue is that we don't know who we are. You know, in Greece, I forget what building it's called, but it's like, know thyself, know thyself, right? And it's like, we don't know who we are because if you really knew who you were, you wouldn't have any fear. We are sovereign beings 
we're no, we are ungovernable and we have so much power within us, but people don't know that and people shy away and people get scared and people want to do what's easy and people want to stay ignorant because of that old saying, ignorance is bliss. Jane, how easy would it be if we just went along with the zombies in the world? How easy would our life be? Right. And, you know, it takes effort to figure these things out and to see beyond and rather than just follow the narrative or follow what someone says. Yeah. And healing can be painful as well. But yeah, it's like Pandora's box once you open it. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be, and it's, it's easier. And it it is truly, truly, truly easier to go through life and just believe the information that you're being sold. It is easier. Is it gratifying? Is it fun? Is it exciting? Is it purposeful? I don't think so. Yeah. I know even if you think about your whole education and what you were taught, like you said, what you should be, yeah, it's all a perceived notion so that yes. you will work for someone, a corporation, you know, and who are you making money for the rest of yeah. your life? And have you ever really looked inside to figure out who you are and what your unique, beautiful contribution would be to this planet? Yeah. No one teaches you that. No. No, they don't. They don't. It's all taken away. And we're just being pushed with cultural ideations and we're being pushed with tangible goods Mm. and acquiring what they have told us is wealth and that that's what success is. When in fact, it's couldn't be further from the truth. And I was on a call yesterday as well, and we were having this conversation about, you know, when the market crashes, where you should put your money. And people, a lot of people are like, okay, buy silver, buy gold, buy silver, buy gold. And I just struggle, eh? Like, I struggle a lot. I'm like, but guys, for what? For what? And they're just like, well, so you have something to trade with. I'm like, but I don't get it. I don't, like... I'm like, if we were living the way that I feel, and Jane, this is my personal bias, okay, you can tell me your point of view on this, but if we were living the way that I think we should be living, we're in a society where, or community, I don't even want to use the word society, I want to use community, we're in a community where everyone's job is as equally as important as the other person. There's no divide. So it's not like, oh, you're a doctor, you're an engineer, and you're the janitor. And there's like this like level, right? No, 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 no. Every single person in the community's job would be as equally as important, whether there's the person growing the grain, making the bread, chopping the wood, building the home, you know, to feeding the animals, whatever it is. It's like everyone's job is equally as important as the other because if one person's job is not being done, the whole community will crumble. So I was like, where do you need the gold or the silver? I just don't understand where that comes into play. Because why would you need to trade for anything? Because if everybody was joined together in this type of like, you know, and we look back at the, um, of the native Americans and I don't know what the appropriate word is. And if I'm offending someone, I apologize, but Aboriginals or native Americans where, you know, when we look at the tribal culture, it's like, what, they didn't trade with anything. What are you trading for? Like, why, why do you need some type of currency? I don't understand the need for currency. If everyone's 
role is equally as important and equally valued, then where would be depression? Where would be anxiety? Where would you feel a sense of isolation or depression or sadness? I just don't understand where that would be. It just wouldn't be there. And then your society would just be so beautiful because everyone would feel so purposeful and guided. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I totally agree. From, from a really young age, I was always questioning this hierarchy mm. of, you know, just because you have a title, you're better than. Yeah. Yeah. Because to find joy in whatever you do is what life is all about. It's yeah. so simple. Yeah. And we're all unique and just be your unique part of the puzzle. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So simple. Yeah. So I know we are supposed to talk about germ theory versus train theory, but I just really feel like this whole thing lends itself into so many different arenas because it's all connected back to the same issue. Yeah. We don't know who we are. We don't understand how powerful we are. We've attached our identity to tangible goods and a false image. And that is the rat race that we're all in. And it makes zero sense. Yeah. And the reason why that's so attached to the germ theory is because, you know, some of my medical friend, doctors, friends, some of my friends who are medical doctors, they're very proud of their financial situations because some of them are specialists and they've, you know, acquired a lot of wealth through it. And I think it's awesome that that's what makes them happy. But at the same time, I'm like, but are you actually helping people? Whether they not, I'm not saying that none of them are, but I'm just saying if you base your treatment off germ theory, then you're just buying into the whole system. Yeah. And then we have our healthcare system in Canada and Ontario, OHIP, where people don't have choice, right? So people think, right? And how many patients have you had, Jane, that are like, oh, like, I'm going to listen to my doctor because they're a medical doctor. How many times have you had that conversation happen to you? And whether it's personal life or in your practice, Oh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and in the general population, nine out of 10, maybe. Yeah, like, right. Where they'll say something like, I'm going to go for the, the real medicine. <laughs> and I'm like, well, can we look at the root cause here? And like, I, I love homeopathy because to me, it's the only medicine that treats the mind and body Mm -hmm. together as a yeah. whole person and looks at why we're getting sick because of our thoughts yeah. as well, which is part of the, the terrain, right? Yeah. Yeah. This as much as anything else. So yeah, we yeah. need a real paradigm shift, but yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. And it's why we're talking about this. Yeah. So we have OHIP in Ontario where people trust just like I did because I did all the sur I did the surgeries I took all the medications like literally I was just like oh you said a big word sure like you must know what you're talking about right like just we're in awe of our of doctors um and but then when I started going to all these conferences in the states for alternative medicine right for natural medicine alternative medicine guess what 
there's lots of medical doctors there. I'm like, what's going on? Well, the system is different. Why? Healthcare is free in Ontario. In the States, it's not. People get choice. So if people get choice and you're a medical doctor where you are only focusing on germ theory, patients who are starting to wisen up, they're not going to want to get treatment from you. And then you're going to lose patients. And if you lose patients, that affects your wallet. So what are they doing? They're starting to shift. They're starting to shift and they're saying, okay, you know what? I have to provide the service that people want. I have to supply the demands because I want to financially succeed. So that's their motivation. So then they go to all these conferences and they start saying, okay, I'm going to learn how I can treat and they call it functional medicine, right? So they just take some few weekend courses and now all of a sudden, now they know what a supplement is. So the difference is, is that in the States, they have choice. Canada, Ontario, patients don't have choice. So people are so brainwashed by thinking that if it's free, then, and the government knows what's good for me, and I should trust that, then that's where they go. Yeah. And because it's free, it's the first thing that you, that they think about. And, you know, and instead of, if it wasn't for free, we yeah. would think twice, right? Yeah. Think twice. We'd be like, oh, okay, maybe I should clean, you know, treat myself with some natural healing substances yeah. and, and see this as a cleanse and as a good thing rather than run to a doctor. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying like I've, in my life, I've, I've had, um, a, you know, a number of situations where doctors have really helped a loved one and really done some amazing things and they are knowledgeable. But what we're saying is that it shouldn't be the first line of defense is to run to antibiotics and, and no. even I even question why do we see disease? Why are we so afraid of disease? One of my greatest professors at naturopathic college said in a lecture that she wanted to get the flu every year because it updated her immune system. Mm -hmm. And she saw it as a workout and a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And then if you do have trouble, then clean the terrain, make yourself stronger you know, and you come out the other end, upgraded, a better thriving human being rather yeah. than possibly harmed, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. And even back to the medical system in terms of medical doctors doing an amazing job, I have a friend too, and she's an ER doctor. And I interviewed her a while ago to have the discussion about like, where do you see the need for conventional medicine outside of the emergency room. And she was like, honestly, I don't. So I would argue that, you know what, I think our, our conventional model for emergency medicine is amazing. I'm not saying that they can't improve, but I'm just saying like the way it works, right? Like, great, like you need emergency care. Got it. Great that we have it. But she, even from a medical doctor who practices in the ER, her answer to that question was she doesn't see where we need conventional medicine outside of the ER. Yeah, that's really interesting. Right? And then even when you talk about the flu upgrading the system, then we get into a whole nother conversation about viral theory versus exosome theory. Don't we? And then you have to question the way we've been taught about that. Exactly. So that was another thing where like the emoji with the mind blown. Right? And I'm still getting my head around that. 
Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, yeah. You know, I questioned it the other day when I took some sulfur and greens for a few yeah. days in a row. Yeah. And I got cold symptoms. Mm. I haven't been around anybody. I was like, yeah. okay, what's happening here? Possibly a cleanse. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you, can you talk about those theories? Yeah. So, okay. Some of the people that I just like adore right now. So Dr. Thomas Cohen, right. He wrote a fabulous book, um, about the effect of our cells and cancer and water and Dr. Gerald Pollack, who discovered that there's actually a fourth phase of water, which is gel, which helps our cells talk to each other and it works all by electricity is why if we're exposed to EMFs, it's, we're so sensitive and we could talk about that for like a full hour, but if not longer, but just in regards to the viral versus exome theory, what happens is, is that we've been taught the viruses are the causative agent of disease. They actually haven't proven that though, because it's a theory. So viruses being a causative agent of disease is a theory. The other side of it is they're saying exosome theory. So exosome theory, when they use an electron microscope, so an electron microscope is what they utilize to be able to visualize what we identify as whether it's a virus or exosome because it's undetermined, which is which. They use a special microscope. And what they're seeing is they're seeing um, nucleic acid leaving a cell. And so in viral theory, you would say, oh, you're exposed to a virus and now um, it's infecting the cell and that's what that is that's leaving the cell. In exosome theory, you would say, oh, that is nucleic acid leaving a cell because the body is detoxing. So I was like, okay. So my mind just started going, right? I'm like, okay, well, if viruses are not the cause of Asian disease, the first thought my mind went to was, but when I was younger, my mom and my brothers, like we all had chicken pox parties where, you know, you find the person who has chicken pox, you go you play. So everyone gets chicken pox, right? It's a yeah. Big thing. That's where my mind goes too. Right. So then in the book contagion myth, great book too. Um, they said, well, these are like the two different theories of how you will express something that someone else is expressing. So one is by resonance theory and resonance are not resonance theory. Resonance does not. Okay. So by resonance, resonance is if you took a tuning fork and you banged it so that you can create a vibrational force and you took another tuning fork that you did not hit so that you create a vibrational force. If you line the one up with the one that you hit, it will start to mimic the vibrational frequency. And so I was telling this to a patient the other day and it was a male and it was so funny because he was like right away, he's like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like, cause everyone's kind of like, what? And uh, he was like, yeah, well, it's like when women work together, he's like, they all start menstruating on the same cycle. <laughs> he's like, so it's all resonance. And I was like, yeah, like I was like, yeah, you're right. Same, right? So I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just mimicking that frequency and it changes your hormones and it changes the way the cells express themselves. So I was like, okay, got it. Makes sense. Another um, factor in terms of how people can express symptoms is that if you are exposed to the same poison. So you know, they always use the thing where like, if the whole family gets sick, well, or the whole classroom gets sick, well, if the whole classroom or the whole family was drinking the same water source or was exposed to the same frequency or the air or ate the same food, right? Like that's where we can also express the same symptoms. So I was like, okay, again, makes sense, makes logical sense. And 
when we talk about the cult of scientism, a lot of their science doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they make it so complex that you start thinking that you must just be stupid so you couldn't possibly understand it. But if you can't logically discuss something and if you can't recreate it, then your science doesn't hold any water. So um, we have resonance and we have exposed to the same substance, if you will or it could be a frequency. So environment, exposed to the same environment we'll use. And so I was like, okay. And then I started thinking, well, because people would say, you know, when we talk about things like chicken pox, when we talk about things like a cold and flus, just like one of your teachers told you that it's actually upgrading your system. Well, if we look at it from a detox standpoint, from the exosome theory, it's actually just like telling your body like release toxins, like get rid of the toxins. It's just a release. Yeah. So then I was like, okay. Then I started thinking about traditional Chinese medicine. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jane, because I'm not an expert. We learned it in school. I don't specialize in it by any stretch of the imagination. So if I'm saying something that doesn't sound correct, please, please interject. But I started thinking about traditional Chinese medicine and like, you don't talk about the immune system in traditional Chinese medicine. We don't talk about colds or flus in traditional Chinese medicine. We talk about change of seasons supporting the change of season because when the seasons change then the body will automatically kickstart into a detox pattern and that you just want to support that detox pattern yeah and they and they talk about in the spring how often there's so much moisture and water that our bodies have too much moisture so we need yeah. a different environment and start to eat different foods and yeah and we'll detox yeah yeah so i was like okay and if i'm gonna go based off anything the thing i always tell patients and the thing that i like to use as my form of science that i consider real science is something that has held up for centuries if not i don't know what you call thousands of years but anyways millennia long time millennia is millennia thousands or millennia is millions i don't even know see what i mean english terrible okay but the point is is that if you can if something has been reproducible for over very long periods of time don't tell me it's been reproducible over a year don't say to give me hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of something being effective or non-effective or making sense and i'm like that's what i'm gonna sign up for that's what i'm gonna place where i'm gonna place my belief system because that makes logical sense we've seen it so i was like okay if we go based off traditional chinese medicine which is the oldest form of medicine we have they say approximately five thousand years old well then that fits it fits this theory so here we are running around acting like we need to be fearful of things and that we can catch, catch something. And Bechamp, I think, even said, he goes, you cannot catch a cold. You cannot catch a flu. He's like, it's not how it works. You just don't catch things. Okay? So I was like, okay, cool. Makes sense. And then we even delve into the Spanish flu. Well, Spanish flu, what they do? They took volunteers and they would, like, have people cough their sputum into somebody else's mouth. So infected patient, have a healthy patient, have them cough in their mouths see if they would reproduce symptoms, didn't reproduce symptoms, would take the sputum, I think they would like inject it, see if they reproduce symptoms, didn't reproduce symptoms. So I mean, I don't think from what I know, and I could be wrong, because again, like 
we can never really be certain because there's, if we were to draw a diagram, right, of a course I took many years ago, they drew a big circle and they said, the, they took a pie slice of the circle that maybe, let's just say the angle was like one degree, you know what I mean? You have like a one degree angle of the circle um, and it's like what you know, right? And then you have another like two degree angle and it's like what you know you don't know. And then the rest of the circle, if we're going on a 360 degree circle, so now we're at 357 degrees, it's this is what you don't even know that you don't even know. Right? Yeah. So, and that's why even when we talk about medicine, it's called practice because we don't know. Like really, like I tell people all the time, I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I literally have no clue what I'm doing. I'm like, I just try my best based off of the information I have, but I can't say, I'm like, oh yeah, I know 100% what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to take the information from as many sources as possible and try to educate myself and try to make the best decision based on that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, another reason I love homeopathy is because it's taught me that even I, I never know yeah. what remedy to give until after listening for an hour and a half and listening to the person from a really deep and listening to their spirit, their mind and their physical symptoms. And yeah. even after like, and remaining so open-minded that whole time that and telling myself i don't know yeah and that has kept my mind open to receive all information and i think that's what we are trying to teach others just to keep an open mind and look and listen yeah that's that's so beautiful i i i love homeopathy for that because it's just so it's it's energetic medicine it's just so beautiful you know and I was, I took a mediumship course. Cause again, right. Like just curiosity. We always want to stay curious. I took a mediumship course a couple months ago. And, uh, I, it's crazy. Cause I'm like, I have no idea where I'm getting this information from. And you're like, I don't know if I'm making it up. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I'm like, yeah. but you're just like, okay. They're like, just say whatever comes to you. And you just like say it. And if it resonates with people, it's like the coolest thing. You're like, this is awesome, but you have to literally like empty your mind. You have to like take everything out and just like allow things to flow to you. And it's, yeah, I think it's children when you're taking a homeopathic case, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, to allow the information to flow to in. Yeah. I think as children, we know how to do this. I remember being really young and my parents, my family went through a really difficult time and I, I couldn't have been more than seven or eight. And I knew what I needed to do was meditate and receive information on why this is happening. And it gave me such strength and the knowledge that, you know, sometimes pain makes us stronger or all, it always does. Right. Yeah. It's like sharpening a knife. It requires a certain amount of friction and pain in order for us to grow. Yeah. And I, I kind of see that situation that I, I see that in the situation that's happening now that perhaps there's enough pain and friction that will grow beyond it and see other things. I think that's beautiful. I, and I pray for that every day. Yeah. 
I think that, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, me too. And even your situation, right? Like it was, you looked for information because you had nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah. I just made you, what it was for me, like before, when I learned about alternative medicine, I made a decision that I was not going to accept that this is the way my future was going to go. That was the only decision I made. I was like, I'm not accepting this. Yeah. And then I decided that there's going to be another way, even though I didn't know what that way was. Right. And it's kind of like this situation. It's like, if you just make a decision that things are not going to have to go the way that you think they're going to have to go, well, then they don't have to go that way. We can shape our reality that way. Yeah. And, and that change comes from each individual and then we can have a planetary shift. Yeah. But each of us, I've decided that recently too, that my outcome is not what they're saying it is. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And like, I think too, it doesn't matter what happens to us. I've been watching a lot of Braveheart. (laughs) I love Braveheart. I love it. It's such a good Have you seen it? I love it too. (laughs) Watched it several times. Um, I'll watch it again tonight. (laughs) Yeah, right? And I think that the thing is, it's like, again, we don't need to be tied to this physical plane. Even though I already gave you guys examples of like how I am still tied. I'm still a human body and a human having, having a human experience, but we don't, we're not tied to this. It doesn't end here. That's, that's not what this is about. And I think that the more we understand that, and if we operate from that place of inner knowing that we are actually a spiritual being, that your choices here are not the end of your existence. And it goes on. So I love that with the reference of Braveheart because he's not tied to his physical experience in the human realm he's not he's committed to shifting the sorry i'm gonna take that back he's not committed to shifting he's committed to his belief that every human being is sovereign and he operates from that place in every single way one of the um courses i've done they always say that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything right so uh i i'm a really fast eater something i need to really work on like i don't even chew i don't even know what happened i just like swallow my it's really bad and i know better because but i'm always like oh i'm in a rush i'm in a rush i'm in a rush but then like that's way you do everything i'm always like fast, fast, fast. i talk i talk fast i do things fast right it's like you know you do it every way but i mean so it's like well wh- where do you operate like when you ask yourself like, okay how do i show up in life and how am i doing the same thing in all facets whether it's at work my personal life when i'm alone where are my thoughts going what are what are my feelings it's going to infiltrate in all areas and you can change that and you can shift that and you can decide how you want to be, how you want to operate from. So if you're always going to operate from a place of I'm committed to being sovereign, then it doesn't matter what people tell you. People tell you, you can't do that. People tell you you're not allowed. People tell you, well, if you do this, now you're risking this and they're trying to instill fear in you. But if you were like, no, but I'm sovereign, then like no one can make you fearful. Exactly. Yeah. So 
I think that there's nothing for us to fear at all. The, what we need to realize is that we are so powerful and we have so much magic and energy in us that we just haven't yet learned how to tap into. And I think that part of our human experience is learning how to tap back into that and starting to connect with nature and connect with each other and know that that is something that others are fearful of is that power that we have in us. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that is a beautiful nugget of information <laughs> to leave this conversation on. Do you have anything else to add, Jen? Because I think that's the most important thing of all. No, just that I appreciate what you're doing, Jane. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And I love the guests that you have and the knowledge that you're trying to share with people. And uh, I wish everyone who's listening to this, the that they take the time to just try to tap in and just see what's there for them and just get curious. Yeah. To be curious and yeah. pay attention to inside. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you for coming, Jen. And to everyone out there, don't forget to give, do not give your way your power to anyone else. Just yeah. go be you and be the wave.